Amen. Good morning again. It's great to have you guys. We're continuing our service. We start our service, our series that we began last week. We're uh, using to help us in this series this devotional booklet entitled The Way That Leads Home. And if the light that leads us home, sorry, if you aren't here the last couple of weeks, we have many more of these out in the lobby, and we encourage you to grab one. Each week, there's a devotion about Christmas, and reading that is just a good devotional uh, exercise for us to pray and to focus and to think about Christmas and what it means. And then the following Sunday each week, we look at uh, the theme from the devotional for our Sunday morning message. Now, think about just the word Christmas for a second. You know, what are the thoughts that comes to mind, just the word Christmas? Uh, Santa Claus, Jesus, friends, turkey, football, all those, you know, different things come to mind for Christmas, and I hope you have some good memories like I do. Well, uh, I want to specifically talk about Santa Claus for just a second because he was a real guy, and it's important to know a little bit about him. Each week, we just want to mention him to kind of get us a context for these series. Santa Claus was originally a man named Nicholas who lived in the 4th century, and he grew up in a Christian home in the country of Turkey, and he was a very godly and generous man, and he was so generous, he was the kind of guy who always had extra money in his pocket, and he would give money to the poor. People would leave their shoes outside, and he would go by and drop coins to help the poor folks. And so he had a real heart to bless people, and he would kind of do it in secret. So you, you can kind of see from there to today how the legend kind of, you know, grew about this guy. But his, his godliness was the biggest thing in his life and his love for God. He became a priest and served. And so today we have Santa Claus because of this Christian man named Nicholas who served the poor and gave of himself on a regular basis. But it's important to know that, quote, Santa Claus, the original Nicholas, bowed at the feet of Jesus. He honored Jesus as the real reason for this season. Jesus said this, and this is our theme scripture for our series. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And picture all those things that light means. Obviously, it dispels darkness. It helps us see where we're going. It, it brings us a reassurance, a comfort. We're not blind anymore when there's light. Well, Jesus is saying, I'm the light that the whole world needs to see. Jesus is the one that St. Nicholas bowed to worship because he recognized that Jesus was the true light of the world. And this season, Jesus is the light that is available to help us through bright days and dark days as well. And he wants to shine on all of us. And some of us may not be real close to God right now in our life. And so this theme we have of the light that leads us home is, is where we're bringing that focus that Jesus wants to lead us home to God the Father. I want to share a story with you uh, real quick about being really, really scared. It happened just a few weeks ago. Uh, anybody not a morning person? Any, anybody? Oh, good. I'm so glad. So you, I, there's more deadheads than just me. Great. So I, I'm deadhead Ed, asleep, 5 a.m., but wham, something really loud bangs in the bedroom. And believe it or not, I woke up. Usually it would take more than that, but I woke up, and then I hear from our bathroom, Ed. Help! And suddenly, I just launch out of the bed. I'm like, my wife's hurt. And I go in the bathroom, and sure enough, there she is, hurt. She can hardly breathe. She's gasping for air. She's like, 
I, I fell, I'm hurt. And so I'm looking for bones and blood and, and everything, and it's a scary, scary moment. And so I, I check her out, make sure there's nothing super critical, and then I make that decision, well, I could call the ambulance, but I think I can just get her in the truck and get her in the hospital faster than they could do that. So she was able to get up. We get in the truck. I call our hospital, who works really hard, by the way. I'm a chaplain at our hospital. I'm getting to know those folks, and I'm just so impressed in how they serve us. I call the emergency room and I said, hey, I'm heading your way. My wife's falling. She's banged up. Can I come to the back door? They said, you come to that back door. We'll have a wheelchair waiting. And sure enough, I zoom up to the back door. There's the gal in the wheelchair. They whisked us in there, took great care of us. And so this fear that was so strong because there was such a scare and there was so much pain, she was in so much pain, this fear is just pounding. You know how that is? But then over time, as things settle down and they do the x-rays and, and, and we get the reports, that, that fear begins to subside and peace replaces it. And the peace that came to, to Lori and I wasn't just that we heard it wasn't anything critical, but it was just we were praying, God help us. God, we, we know you're here. We know you're going to get us through this. And praise the Lord, the uh, nurses came back and said, hey, the x-rays show no badly broken ribs. There could be cracks that we can't see when there's such bad bruising like this. But right now, you've just got real bad bruising. Any cracks are real small. You should be okay. You're just going to be in a lot of pain. <laughs> and so we went home thankful. You know, I'm rejoicing and thankful. Lori's in pain and thankful. But we went home and, and got through that. But what, what an experience, just that instant of fear and panic and, oh, my gosh, what's, what's happening? Can you relate to that? You've probably, almost everyone in here has had, you know, a similar experience where, where you were afraid in some way and needed the peace of God. Well, today... That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about God bringing peace into our lives. I want to read a quote from our devotional that we're using in our series. Peace in our lives can never be based on all our hopes and dreams coming true. Peace comes when our hearts are at peace within us. So right off the bat, we, we want to get the thought stirring in our mind that peace is not about our hopes and dreams coming true and everything going perfect in life. Peace is not external. The kind of peace that really matters is internal. Peace in our hearts. So a couple stories come to mind. Each week we're going to be looking at stories and using some Christmas movies sometimes as well as Bible stories, of course. And today we are going to use a Christmas story. We're going to look at A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And if you remember the story, Dickens makes up a great story about Ebenezer Scrooge. I mean, even the name he gives him is great. Scrooge, you need to say it. You're like, eh, bad guy. And he was a super greedy businessman. And he, you could say he is the poster boy for selfishness and the desire to get ahead at all costs. He, he uh, had people in rent houses, and if they got, got behind, he'd throw them out and get somebody else and foreclose on their mortgage and keep the money and he did anything he could, could to get ahead because he was all about money. He was a miser. We're going to watch a couple of uh, clips this morning from an animated version. Disney made an animated version of this story. And our first clip is when Scrooge is visited by the ghost of his former business partner named Jacob Marley.
<laughs> Pretty intense for a cartoon, huh? Well, as you can see, Scrooge was terrified. He's told he's going to be visited by these ghosts. And what does he do in his fear? He jumps into bed and closes the curtains like, you know, that's going to make the world go away. Well, if you're familiar with the story, what happens is these ghosts come and visit him, the past, the present, and a future that doesn't look good for him at all. But something happens inside of him. He sees how basically just a jerk, how much of a jerk he is and how much he's hurt people. And he has a big change of heart. And so he wakes up from the dream and realizes that he can have a, a different future. And so he goes all over town doing lots of good. And so I want to show you one more clip where he's with his family, and he's asked them if he can join them for Christmas dinner. And let's see how he behaves. He's a different man. You see how humble he was at the door? And then they're all in shock because he was always rude and mean to them. And then at the table, I loved what he said. And he said, next year at my place, I'll spare no expense. After all, you can't take it with you. The day before, he would have said, I don't share with anybody, and I'm going to figure a way to take it with me when I die. Well, Scrooge is a person who had a change of heart. And so we can have true peace when we have a heart change as well. A person has true peace when his heart becomes changed by an encounter with God. An encounter with God can change your heart and replace fear and panic with peace. Now let's look at a biblical story. This is the Christmas story where many of us are familiar with when the angel comes to visit Mary. So just like in the fictional story, Scrooge had a supernatural visitor. Well, ain't Mary has a real supernatural visitor, the angel Gabriel, and he, they're scary. Angels are scary to actually see one, literally. And yet, she has a fear reaction, but then there's something different about her because she is fundamentally a different person than Scrooge was. So let's look at this biblical story. The background is her, uh, Gabriel had already been to her 
relative, Elizabeth, in her old age. Now, Elizabeth has conceived. Mary doesn't know it yet, but that's the context that you'll see in these first few verses we're going to read today. All right, Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Folks, we can have peace because God loves us and he's with us all the time. God isn't just an occasional visitor. He is with us all the time, and we can have peace because He loves us and He's with us. In verse 28, when He says, uh, Greetings, favored woman. That word favor is a rich biblical word. It means that somebody just likes you and wants to help you. They want to bless you. They want to do something that makes your life better. And when it's you have God's favor, it's saying God loves you and He's doing something active right now in your life. So Gabriel said, you're favored of God. But then he said, also, the Lord is with you. So there's God loves you, and he is with you. Well, the angel was just so overwhelming. You know, he could tell that Mary was upset and confused about it. And so he wanted to reassure her. But it's, it's really interesting that he could not do anything else to reassure her. Because he had told her the greatest thing in the universe that can bring us peace God is with you. And so he just repeats it again. Mary was confused, and he says, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Folks, we don't have to be afraid when we really know that God has our back. It was true for Mary. It's still true for us today. When we really, really get this, not just understand it, but we get it in our heart, and our believer, maybe. We, we believe it. We've had a spiritual realization. Some, somehow God has really brought this to our just the depths of our being. When we really get this about God's love and His presence, we can resist fear immediately. We don't have to live in fear for days and days and days. We can resist, and there can be an immediate change. Something can happen in us because God is with us, and we get it. Well, now things get more challenging for Mary. So let's go on and see what else Gabriel says to her. Gabriel says this, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Well, folks, we, we need to think back to their culture. Gabriel has rocked her world. He has said, you're going to conceive, and it's clear to her, he means a supernatural kind of conception that's going to not be in the context of her marriage. And so basically, she's going to be pregnant out of wedlock in that culture that for them, that was it. You are done. You are cast out of the family, the community possibly. You are labeled an immoral woman, and that would stick with you the rest of your life. So he's dropped this bombshell on her that could cause great potential suffering. But does she react? Does she object and say, no, 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 you're ruining my life. What do you mean? God's, 
It doesn't sound like favor to me. <laughs> she could easily have said that, right? Well, what does she do? She just asks, how? I, okay, I, I see God's got a plan, and, and, and he's up to something. His favor is active in my life, and, and, and I, I could see, wow, if he's going to you know, give me a son that's going to be the Savior of the world, the Son of the Most High, wow, but, but I don't understand. And folks, it's fine. It's fine to be human and struggle with stuff. We don't have to fake it. You know, have you ever heard fake it till you make it? What a crock. What a crock. How about get real and get honest and deal with God and you'll make it. Okay? And so it's okay to be confused. It's okay to be struggling with emotions. But for us who have Jesus in our heart, we can go to God and say, God, what's up? And often he, we'll get some insight. He'll help us understand what's going on and hopefully even see what he's doing because he's with us, right? He's active. We have his love. We have his favor. Well, the angel's going to tell her some more. He's going to answer her question. In verse 35, he continues, The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son is now is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Don't you love that? Nothing is impossible with God. And look at Mary's response. A teenage girl, by all accounts, all biblical scholars believe she was probably a teenager. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So she gets an explanation that this is going to be God conceiving. It won't be like your natural marriage and conception. And he says, not only does he explain it, but he says, God's done another miracle. Your old relative Elizabeth is pregnant, and she's going to have a son. And so quickly, Mary settles into peace. I mean, this whole conversation could have just been a minute, right? From her world getting blown up, she ends up by saying, what? I'm the Lord's servant. In other words, I'm God's. I'm in his hands. I know it's going to be all right. May everything you have said about me come true. I want God's will in my life. So, folks, we can have a peace that comes from the inside out. From the inside out. And that's what we see in Mary. Often, though, we, we try to have peace from the outside in. We, we try to use controlling mechanisms and things in our life that can make us have peace. And it's okay to do these things, but we've got to ultimately understand they, they can't bring the peace that only Jesus can. You know, I've got car insurance, so if I have a wreck of the car, well, it'll get repaired and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that's going to give me peace. I can have all the insurances that we have in the world. I can tell my kid now, text me every hour while you're out in the car. But just having a control mechanism doesn't create peace in my heart. I can only have peace in relationship to God through Jesus when I understand and really believe He's for me. He loves me, and He's constantly with me. Let me give you an additional verse today. I wanted to add one more verse. If you're a note taker, you can scribble down this reference. It's Ephesians 4.8. It's a great verse about peace. It says this, the peace of God surpasses understanding. The picture of that phrase is it goes over understanding. There's times as believers, as Christians, as people who are following Jesus, we can have a peace that doesn't make sense. 
It doesn't make sense to have peace when life's just shaking around, but, but we can have peace. Chad told you earlier about the, the kings and their babies, and there was some tough moments for a while with uh, baby Eleanor, and she wasn't breathing, and they had to do compressions on her little body for 10 minutes to be sure she would get to breathing, and she was low on blood. And so I'm talking with James, the father, about it. How are y'all doing, brother? And he said, well, you know what? We were upset, of course. We were crying and praying, but it wasn't long before we just had a peace. You know, we just said, God, you know, she's yours. Only a Christian can go through that and say that and experience it and it really be real in our life because with Jesus inside of us, we can have a peace that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to have peace when they're trying to get your baby to breathe, but you can have it. It doesn't make sense when life's hard, but we see Mary saying, basically, bring it on. <laughs> okay, I trust God. Bring it on, God. I guess this is going to be, this is going to be pretty cool. So that peace goes over our understanding, and the verse goes on to say it guards our hearts and our minds. God's peace can help our emotions be under control. It can help our thoughts calm down. And I don't know about you, but, boy, I have experiences regularly, like with my wife, that I need God's peace. And he's taught me just to sit down and go, Lord, I need your peace. I just kind of hold my hands out. Lord, give me your peace. So how do we get this peace on the inside? Okay, how, what, what are some things we can do to have God's peace operate? Well, first, we always start with Jesus. And if you are a person that God's been working in your life and bringing you to a place and you realize, I need God's forgiveness, I need God's presence in my life, I need to say yes to God's offer of salvation that he offers to every person through Jesus, you could be ready today to ask Jesus into your heart. And one of his names is the Prince of Peace. One of his names and so peace can come when we say yes to Jesus for that first time and we pray and ask him to come into our heart. And so some of you may be right there today. So each Sunday we always want to pause because this is the biggest deal, the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. And so at Ignite Church, we all help. We all pray together a prayer of salvation. And for some of you, this could be your moment right now in your life where you mark down this moment in your history where you come to life spiritually, by accepting Jesus as your Savior to forgive you of your sins, and you will begin to experience this peace that doesn't make sense because of Jesus in your life. So I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. It's the best way we know how to connect with God for this first time, and the whole congregation is going to help me by repeating after me, and if this is you today, I urge you and encourage you to pray this prayer to say yes to Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you that you love us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I need you to forgive me, Lord. Jesus, I need you in my life. Come into my life today, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Savior. Be my boss and guide. And become my best friend and be my peace. Amen. If you prayed that today, we rejoice with you. We're excited about what God's going to do in your life. Now, if you're already a believer and yet, like me and my experience recently and like life is dealing with fears and stuff, we want to give you a few uh, steps that can help us 
to live in God's peace. So let me look at these real quick with us. I'm going to go over these and then pray again briefly. But I want to encourage, there's always some folks that the message of the Sunday is the big deal for their life. I mean, really big deal. You could have walked in the doors today just full of fear and worry and anxiety because something's shaking in your life. And so I want to really encourage you guys that this is an extra big deal to take this home. It's in your handout, and you'll see some lines in there to even write and to process this. And I just urge you today, get with God and deal on a much deeper level with God about this. You could even come up for prayer, too, at the end of the service about this. But here are some steps you could take. Number one, ask God to show you the things you have used to try to bring peace on the outside. Some outside controlling mechanisms. What, what are some of those things that God wants to show you? You've been putting too much faith in those, and that's why you don't have peace. You haven't been putting your faith in me and trusting in me. Number two, ask God to help you give up those controlling mechanisms to him. Ask God to help you release this fear and anxiety and control and having to hold on to everything so tight, trying to make everything okay. And then number three, ask the Holy Spirit of God to give you peace. Kind of like I said earlier, sometimes I just pause, Lord, ah, I need your peace. And, and he does that. So these are some things that can help a whole lot. And so I want to pray again for all of us and, again, encourage some of you who need to go deeper with us to do that this afternoon. Let's pray again. Lord, thank you that peace is for all of us, that it's your will that we live in peace. Your will is that we have a peace that doesn't make sense sometimes. It guards our emotions. It guards our thoughts. And it can be remarkable how much we can be at peace. We can be like James and Anna. Yes, they were upset and struggling, but you also brought them peace, watching their baby struggle for its life. God, you're that kind of God. You have our back. We have your favor and your love. So thank you. And Holy Spirit, right now, I just pause and say, Holy Spirit, God of peace, come right now. Folks, just kind of inhale and say, Lord, I receive your peace. Just receive your peace. You could walk out of here in more peace than you walked in in this very moment right now. We receive you, Prince of Peace, right now. Amen. Amen. Well, in wrapping up, let me say one last thing. You may have come here today, and this may be new to you, or you haven't been in church in a long time, and you're just kind of checking it out. And we want to say to you, that is awesome. We're so glad you chose to check it out with us today. And we want to encourage you, keep checking out. Keep checking out this God stuff and keep going to church. And probably you know some people who seem to know God and they, they, they seem to have a relationship with Jesus. We want to encourage you to talk to them and, and keep checking things out. And over time, God will do a work in your heart. And if you're really open to the biggest truth in the universe, that God loves you and that Jesus died for you, He'll bring you in his time in your life to a place you're ready to say yes to him. So keep on coming. Engage with people and let God do a work in your life.